You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between exercise and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 women develop fitter minds and bodies in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to episode number nine of the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where I talk to Leanne Milsom about her running journey. In her own words, she may not run fast, but she does run far. Enjoy. Okay, I would like to welcome the wonderful and always happy Leanne Milsom. I, I have heard that occasionally she's not so happy if she falls down too much, but even then I've seen her in scrapes and she's still smiling and still laughing at everything. So um, because Leanne is so happy with everything to do with her life and running, I think she'd be perfect for us to have a conversation with on Fit Mind, Fit Body. So welcome, Leanne. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it and sharing a bit of your time with us. Um, I wanted to start by asking you a little bit about yourself. So what do you do? What kind of life do you have? Where do you live? Do you have kids? All of that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, uh, what do I do? So I live in, yeah. well, I live here in Launceston, mm-hmm. yeah, and I work full-time at the Centrelink Coal Centre. Yep. So I spend all day sitting at a desk just talking all day. So I love to get outside and run, get some fresh air, go for a walk after work or run in the morning before I go to work. Yeah. Just yeah I just it's just such a big part because work can be so stressful you get so many different types of people calling up you get abused you have people cry there's just so many sad stories out there so for me it's my little escape just to get out and run after work or before work it's just wonderful I have three beautiful children three boys well, they're adults, so they're 21, 22, and 25. Oh, wow. So, I, so I, I am not married anymore. So I live with Jacob, my middle son, yeah. and then Daniel, my eldest son, he's engaged to be married, so he lives with his partner. Yep. And my younger son lives with his dad, but we're all still very close, happy family. Oh, well, yeah. that's lovely. Yeah, so that's really, really nice. And so the boys, they're not, they're not runners. But they support my running so much. So they'll come and help me. They'll come and watch. They'll always ask about it. So it's really, yeah, I just, I love to involve them in some way if I can. Yeah. yeah. So do they do other sport of any sort? Like do they do any No, other- well, the youngest one doesn't. No, he's at university and he, he's never been sporty. But the other two, they go to the gym, do a bit of bodybuilding. Daniel was getting into a little bit of running. Um, it's really fun because he, he'd love to come and, I'd love him to come along with me to our running group on a Saturday and oh just, yeah, get him to experience because he's sort of slowly getting interested, wants to come along to buddies and meet my friends and everything. Oh. And But they're, they're not – they played sport as young children, but then as they got older, they sort of lost a bit of interest and then just they enjoy going to the gym. Yep. So they do that. Yeah. It's yeah, often the way, isn't it? They kind of drop off a bit as they get older. Um, they do. Yeah. I think their interests change too, don't they? And they want to go yeah. and do other things. And, and like yourself, they don't get time to go and do everything they want to do once they get a job and or study. Yeah. And then, yeah. But for me, I make time for my help. <laughs> Here's my running and that comes first. So <laughs> Every time. good jobs. I mean, it sounds really stressful. 
Um, just for those of you who, who don't know, which is probably everyone, I used to work at Centrelink uh, when, when it was social security, when I was oh. in my 20s and the call center hadn't started then. Um, and so I have a kind of an understanding of just how stressful it can be. Um, and I can imagine running would be a real release for that, you know, oh, anybody who is stressed like that in their lives. It is. It's really good. It's just nice to leave work. I always go, if I don't run in the morning, I'll go for a walk after work. Yeah. And yeah. it's nice just to leave the office and, yeah, just have a bit of fresh air and think about anything else but work, really. Yeah. yeah it's just nice to think about, you know, what's for dinner or what I'm going to do on the weekend, what runs I've got planned. I'm always planning my next run every day, <laughs> planning what's going to be the next one. It's just, yeah, it is. It's a really big part of my life and it never, ever used to be. So tell me that story. How did you start running? I only started running nearly seven years ago. Wow. And that was just, I was 46 years old and the boys were riding their bikes and I just felt trying to keep up, really, just to what? watch them ride their bikes. And so I'm walking as fast as I could and they're getting faster, but I'm not. So I thought if I just learned to jog a little bit and then winter came and I had every excuse not to go outside and try to run oh, again. Totally. Too cold, too dark can't be bothered too late so I joined the gym just for the winter yes, thinking yes. that I would learn to run on the treadmill or just get on the treadmill and to increase my fitness mm -hmm. so then I would go to the gym and I really enjoyed it so I used to go on the treadmill all the time every morning at 5am I'd be on the treadmill at the gym and it took eight months to run the whole one hour on the treadmill without swing oh, but it took wow. eight months so I'd just be run walk run walk and then I made new friends. On a, on a treadmill. <laughs> on a treadmill. Like, yep. yep. And I'd go outside to run, but I could never run more than three or four k. Then I'd have to stop and walk. Oh, that's interesting. So I just eventually my fit built up, and then I could just run for for longer. So you said you were going like, is it was it once a day? Is that what you were saying? I was going nearly every day. Yeah, and I was running that one hour on the trying to build up that one hour on the treadmill, and it took eight months. Wow. Um, until I finally the treadmill times out after one hour, and so oh, I could run that whole one hour before the treadmill stopped, and not have to stop and walk. I could just keep running that whole one hour. So then I made new friends, and they invited me to come along to the Launceston Ten. Yeah. And I thought, oh, no, I can't run that. I'm not good enough. And they said, well, yes, you are. Let's try. <laughs> so I did, and I ran it in 50 minutes. And I was just oh, so proud. And I thought, I think I can do this running. <laughs> and it just went from there. And then so every week we'd meet in town and go for a run for about 40 minutes. Yeah. And, and I could just do it. And it was just something that I just was so proud of and just achieved myself. And so I thought, I really want to see how far I can go. So then I just signed up. So I signed up for my first half marathon. And that was only four years ago. I wow. did my first half marathon in... Knowing what you've done now. That's a crazy. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. So yeah, my first half marathon was in Hobart, which was the Cadbury's one. And that was one hour, 47 minutes. And it was hard, mm. but I did training for it. And then I started reading up on it and getting advice from friends and other runners of just little tips and things of how to keep going and should I be eating and, and just the things you learn is just incredible. And then it just became a bit more than a hobby. And it was more like, I'm so excited. It's like a passion. <laughs> I 
can't wait to get out there and try put to practice what I've learned today in a book or what someone said, try their advice or go for a really long run and try some food. And it was wow. just, and so it's just developed from there. And now I just, it's such a big part of my life. Now I just can't imagine not running. So you you just sound so enthusiastic about that. About oh, running. I am. It's infectious just to listen to you. And I've been running <laughs> a little bit longer than you, but I find yes. it really infectious just to listen to you and describe oh. running it and what how it makes you feel. So, well, tell us a little bit more about that. How I mean, obviously you're excited about it, but but what is what excites you about it? What why do you go out on those days when it would be much easier to stay home? For example. Oh, yeah, it would. Of course it would. I just love to challenge myself. Yeah. And it's more for me now. Running has become more my social outing. Yeah. So people say, what do you do for fun? And I say, well, I run. But it's the people that I run with and it's the activities I do and the groups I'm in. Yeah. And it's just it's just become such a big part of me, really. Mm. And I just can never imagine not, yeah, not going to do it. It just brings me I'm just so proud of what I can achieve. So is that when you say um, the first thing you said was the challenge, like you enjoy the challenge, has that always been an element in your life, do you think? Like if someone has said, I bet you can't climb that tree or something. It is. It is a bit like that. It really is. And and I just, I'm just so proud of myself when I can finish something I've set out. I actually enjoy the training more than the actual event. Yep. If I was going to train for, like when I trained for my B101, I trained for 12 months and I actually, I, I just enjoyed it so much. It was just what I had to do every day. And just mm-hmm. some days you don't run and other days you had to do a really long, long run. But it was more like time on your feet rather than the distance. Yeah. And so when I was first reading the training program, one day you had to be on your feet for nine hours. And I thought, oh, that's really you know I can never do that but then by the time I reached that stage I was very ready for it and I went to Greens Beach and I hiked and ran 60 kilometers and I just looking for the time rather Mm -hmm. than the distance but in that nine hours I think nine hours 30 or something I got to my 60. So I thought well okay I've really only got 40 to go and then I would have done like the big race. It's it's all a mindset thing, isn't it? Is that it's what you find? Is that what you're talking saying oh, to yourself? Absolutely, it is just a mindset. It really is. And so just just planning it and just getting so much fun and satisfaction out of it. It's just yeah, you're right. It's just so infectious. I just love it so much. Yeah, it's, so, it sounds crazy, doesn't it? obviously it's very hard in some ways for people who don't run or haven't run for a long time to relate to those of us who you know run longer distances because it's like they have that conversation oh I I could never do that but obviously you didn't get out of bed one day and just go and do 101 kilometers did you no no I didn't no and as you said it was like a a year's I mean you had like from your calculation six years of yeah. of running and then you did another a one year of training specifically for that event yeah definitely it was more so it's more just like building up your fitness and keeping your fitness current mm. and doing all your little short runs during the week and everything and having your social events and your running clubs on the weekends and so it's just having that base fitness and then I thought to myself hmm can I actually run 101 kilometers and I thought, well, look, I've already got that basic fitness. All I need to do is increase it a little bit more and practice the hills and the trails. And yeah. 
And I thought, I really think I can do this. And so I never once thought in that 12 months, not once did I want to give up. Not so once did I think, oh, no, I'm not going to do it. The people who listen to this will be not just here in Tasmania. Can you just describe, and we, I haven't, we don't talk a lot about specific races, um, at least I haven't, this is like episode number eight. Um, we haven't talked so much well, about any specific races. We tend to talk no. about, um, you know, what kind of running you like to do, that, you know, whether it's trail running, whatever. But I think it's really interesting that this particular race that you went in, it's almost like an adventure. Can you describe it, it a little bit for those? Okay. So, so the big race is called Gone Nuts. Because <laughs> you start on this huge, gigantic hill in Little Stanley, which is called the Nut. And it's like a huge, big rock. It's almost kind of like Ayers Rock, I suppose, you know, on a smaller scale. Yeah. But you start there, and so it's all trails and hills for 101 kilometres. Wow. And there's no road running at all. You go through farmland. So you basically start in one suburb at once, you know, like one little town called Stanley, and you run all the way to Wynyard. But you go, it's 64 kilometres in the car, but when you're going on the hills and the trails and through farmlands and beach, you go along the beach as well, it's 101 kilometres. And wow. it's like you say, an adventure of a lifetime. Yeah. And I concentrated on 25 kilometres at a time. So at mm-hmm. every 25 kilometres, there's like a checkpoint. Mm-hmm. I just don't always plan for something at a time. Okay, I've got to this leg. Now I'm going to focus on the other one. And that got me through the whole day. Yeah, just not thinking about what's coming, just thinking about what I'm doing now. Yeah, and it was just it was just the, the best day I've ever had. Just a wonderful experience to challenge myself to think I could actually get that far. And in 18 hours, 41 minutes, I crossed that finish line. Wow, <laughs> that's such a long time. Yeah, that was to, a long to, to be on your legs and moving. It's not even like you're just um, awake. No, <laughs> you're, no, you're no, just moving constantly the whole time. That's amazing. And, and it was it was fabulous. And obviously I know a little bit of the story. Of the story. <laughs> yes. Of your adventure. So did something happen in the first half of your it? It did. It did. So I got to 30 kilometers and I fell over. Just tripped over a big stick. Mm-hmm. And I broke broke my little finger no. and um cut my leg really bad and my elbow and everything. So I you have to have a mandatory first aid kit. So I got my little bag out, had my bandage and everything, and looked at my finger and Well, Leanne seems to have dropped off a little bit. Let's hope she comes back. And then he went off ahead and let them all know that an injured runner was coming in a little bit later. Uh-huh. So then um, when I got to the 50, so I kept running. So I kept running. I banished myself up and off I went. I kept running because you couldn't really turn back because there was nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. So I kept running the next 20 kilometres until I got to the 50K mark. And then the first aid officers there bandaged me up properly made sure my finger was stable had something to eat and drink and then off I went and finished the race yeah because there was no way I wanted to quit I was I was sort of lucky that was my finger and not my legs that 
were badly damaged yeah. because if I couldn't have kept running, I would have just been so disappointed. I had a really bad sore knee, but I I just put up with it. Like it wasn't that bad. I could still run. Yeah, it wasn't. If I had have like broken an ankle or yeah. twisted it or something, that would have been so much worse. So yeah. I was just happy that it was my finger. So <laughs> unfortunately that happened, but I thought, oh, I'll just keep on going. And do then it was. Do you wonder if the sense of satisfaction when you finished was even more enhanced in any way? Because oh, you had that, you know, you went through something was. which was, you know. The, it was. I did Even cry. harder than running, 100 yeah, it was. <laughs> I did cry a lot. And every time I saw the boys at the checkpoint, just seeing them and getting their sympathy. Oh. You know, if, if I hadn't known anybody, I would be strong. But when you see your family, you fall apart. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I had to cry several times. And then I remember at one point, it was, a, oh, it was about 11.30 and it was pitch dark. And I'm just walking through a farmyard at the my hands were that cold because I couldn't get my gloves on because my finger was so swollen. I had it all bandaged up, so my glove didn't fit. And I, I just had a bit of a cry and thought, what am I doing? This is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but I really had nowhere else to go. I had to keep going. I was at the 82-kilometre mark. Wow. I had to keep going because you couldn't turn back. Mm. I thought, come on, just pull yourself together. And it is just that mental state that you have mm. to think to yourself, come on, I can do this. Stop crying. It's not helping. Mm. Pull yourself together and focus, get going, and let's get to that finish line. And then you did so, it. I bet that and was I did the it. best feeling. It was, Michelle. To see that little finish line on that football oval was the best thing ever. <laughs> so what time did you finish? What oh, time? it was like 20 to, 20 to 2 in the morning. Gosh. So we started at 6 o'clock in the morning, yeah, 20 so there's, I guess there's some unsung heroes in a lot of the, in a lot of these kind of events, which people outside of them don't really realise, and that's your support crew. Oh, they've been up all night yeah. too. They have. They were there. The boys were there. So my two older boys were my support crew, mm-hmm. and they were there at every checkpoint waiting for me. Then I met Daniel at the last 10k. We had like a little checkpoint. Yeah. Um, he, he waited for me there, and we actually ran the last 10k together. Oh. And we planned to do that. And I asked him, would he like to do that to make him feel involved? I asked both boys. Jacob said no. Mm-hmm. He was happy to take photos at the finish line. Mm-hmm. Um, but Daniel said he would because I thought it would just be a way to involve them a little bit and make them yeah. feel special and included. Mm-hmm. And so Daniel jumped at the chance. So my focus of the day was to meet mm-hmm. him at 91 kilometres, run the last 10. And when I broke my finger, I thought, if I pull out, I don't want them to be disappointed so I thought no I have to do it for them and for me so and I thought and I really have for weeks and weeks just been busting to meet Daniel at 91 kilometers and run the last 10 because all I could think of was how fun it would be to cross a few flying together and talk about the adventures of the last 91 k's together and that's exactly what we did so we're jogging along together for the last 10k laughing and I'd forgotten all about my broken finger and the the crying and the cold and everything because we were together and we're ready to that close to finishing oh it was just the best feeling like a debrief (laughs) it was Michelle it really was (laughs) it was well I hope we haven't frightened anybody off about that's for sure when you start running um like as we said (laughs) Leanne didn't start with 101 
she started with much shorter distances and, and she's just chosen those kind of goals and they've helped get her out the door and and I guess get you that the plan so that because some people I'm a bit like that too it's having that plan to move forward it is and if you have a goal or a race or whatever it is ahead then you can work backwards you can say oh you should do this this and this and and when you get up every day it's not like what do I do today (laughs) that's right I like to have something to look forward to as well yeah you know it's nice if you've got an upcoming race even if it's just a little like yesterday I went to court and raced the train (laughs) it was just like a nice little seven kilometer race and it was it was a wonderful morning just so fun and so she'll go for a little jog around the park and watch the train go by it was it was beautiful so really, what, really fun. one of the things that I've um, I've noticed you say a lot is that you know you run with friends so yes. how how important is that to you in your running do you think well running has brought me those friends mm-hmm. I didn't know them before I ran and so that's the one thing we have in common and so it's sort of like a so like I said before it's a social outing so a group of us will go to an event and run together and then have a coffee afterwards or breakfast or lunch and make like make a morning of it. It's just so wonderful. And they're just such lovely people. They really are. And I just, yeah, I enjoy their company a lot. And we we don't necessarily run together because we're all a little bit different. Yeah. So some run a bit faster, some run a bit slower. So we'll all start off together and say, good luck and see you at the finish line and then whoever's there first will take photos of others crossing the finish line and oh. it's just a lovely morning it really is nice and I do run quite a bit by myself mm-hmm. but I do cherish the times I run with people it's just yeah it's just lovely so when you like what I've heard from a lot of people and it's been my own um, experience as well is often the friends that you make doing running I'm sure it's the same in some other sports, but they seem to, there's a different kind of friendship perhaps than you have from friends that you had at school or friends from work. And it's, I've done a little reading about this and they talk about the fact that we are running. So we don't run looking at each other. We run next to each other. Usually if you're chatting, just training. Um, And as a result, you feel like you can talk about all sorts of stuff that happen in your life. And often things you don't even tell, say, your best friends from other parts of your world. And it's because you don't feel as, um, this is what the psychologists say, because you don't feel as uh, threatened or it's a much an, an environment where you're not sort of con- confrontational by looking at each other. Say if you were just sitting across the table from each other, you feel more able to open up and, and say things that you wouldn't necessarily share so easily with uh, with other friends but it's just because of that environment and then if you have these regular training partners you're seeing them all the time and so you're going you're putting yourself in this um, type of environment where you can share things um, in a non-threatening it's not even they're not the right words but um, and as a result often the people that you run with and have run with for a few years they know a lot more about you and, and what goes on in your life than even say your family do that don't um, see you as much. And it's just because of that, um, how people feel and how they communicate when, when you're off training, especially if you're training in, in groups with the same people. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I totally agree with that. I have, well, I have two sets of friends. So I also, when I don't run, I sew and I make patchwork quilts. 
how many people know that? Um, so I have like my sewing friends and I have my running friends. But I must admit the sewing friends, I love them dearly, but they're very judgmental. Yeah. And so, you know, you don't, I don't talk to them much about my running because they don't understand. Like it's a different. They'd say, what did you do today? Or like, what did you do yesterday? Oh, I ran 20 kilometers yesterday. I just come up with a comment. Oh, that's crazy. Or why would you do that? But if you said that to a runner friend, they'd be, oh, that's fantastic. Where How did, did you go? go? And they'd, they'd want to know all about it. Yeah. yeah and so you're right. You do develop these close friendships with mm. your running friends. I think because you have that in common already, the running. Yeah. And you can help each other and talk to each other and give some advice or ask for advice. And and I, yeah, I totally agree. I definitely, it's it's a different type of friendship, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I am a lot closer to my running friends than my sewing friends. I think because when you're, well, I know through, because of neuroscience, uh, the things that happen to our brains when we're running too, they make us more open and we're growing new neural pathways. Not that when you're sewing, you're probably not also growing different things are going on in your brain because you have to focus on what you're sewing. Exactly. There's also some things going on there. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, I just find it really interesting. Um, they actually were talking a lot about um, men in particular who don't, because men traditionally don't talk or share. Oh, they so don't. About what's going on in their minds. Um, but in these kind of circumstances, apparently... They, they do more because they don't it's feeling oh. sort of less threatening and I thought oh know, definitely I can see that yeah. in my own life you know you you tend to share overshare sometimes you, do. you, do, don't you. you probably don't need to know that and, oh, exactly I've done that myself <laughs> whoops exactly but, uh, what, but the, do, what stays feel... on the road what's said on the road stays on the road. that's right I couldn't agree more with that that's, that's, that's fantastic yeah you're so right um, so when you're running by yourself on those occasions when you do, do, do you listen to anything? How do you? I do. Well, I'll listen to, yeah, I'll listen to some podcasts. Um, yeah, yeah. And I also have a few favourite runners that I follow on YouTube. And oh, so okay. they, they're like American ultra runners and things. And be interviewed or something. So I'll search them up and listen to them. Or I just put some music in. Now, when I run with people, I never listen to music. I run without it. But it took me a long time to get used to it because I learning to run and starting out I was running by myself constantly so I always had the music in and so learning then to run without it when I would join a group or run with someone I was like hear was myself breathing <laughs> and you oh, you know you're really sounding puffed and everything and I thought oh this is terrible you don't hear this when you've got the music in yeah. but I just put the music in now and and off I go and I never think about running while I'm running I just think about, yeah, I just, it's amazing how fast you can go. Every now and again, I will look at my pace and think, oh, I'm I'm doing really well. I'm feeling so good. But I just think about the day ahead or what I've got coming up or even like what I'm going to cook for dinner tonight or just anything. I very rarely think about at the time, gee, this is hard. I, I never think that. So yeah. all, of, all of those runners out there who happen to listen to that, that might be a secret <laughs> to getting through your next race, which is don't, if you're thinking about to say in your head, oh, this is hard, stop yourself. Yeah. <laughs> think That's about right. what yeah. you're having for dinner instead. 
Yeah, and that that works for me. I just I've never really thought about. At the start, I used to think, "Oh, gee, I can't do this. How much further?" You know, and you're always thinking, "Oh, it's too hard. I need to stop." But then eventually, the better you get, and the further you can run, it doesn't matter how fast or so slow. It just gives you that confidence to keep going, mm. and then your mind wanders because you're so comfortable in your run that you're not worried. You're not stressed. You're not thinking about it, and then you start thinking about other things. And that's how I—that's how I got started. My mind just started wandering off to planning a holiday, or when I have my marathons, like I in 2019, I ran New York City Marathon. Mm-hmm. And so for a year leading up to that, all I did was focus on, oh, what's it going to be like in New York when I was doing my runs? You know, I wasn't thinking about the actual marathon. I was just thinking more about the holiday. The experience. Yeah, absolutely. Just all of that. And it's amazing how fun your run can be and how far and how good you feel when you're running, but you're not actually thinking about it. Mm. Because you're not putting any pressure on yourself. Mm. You just, your mind can just wander. And I love running on the trails because there's just so much things to look at. That was going to be a so, question. Where do so you like are, Oh, I am sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. That's good. <laughs> yes, I just love a change of scenery. I used yeah. to only do road running, but then mm. when I started training for Gone Nuts Run, it was more focused on the trails. Mm. Um, and I do I do enjoy it a lot. I do love the trail running. It's just the scenery, just the environment. It's just beautiful. I just it's love a, it. You have to watch where you're running. I was going to say, do you like the change in, um, you know, underfoot? You, you, oh, it is terrain? hard. You have to really concentrate. So mm. you are probably not as relaxed as if you were running on the road. Mm-hmm. So you are concentrating and focused a lot more where you're putting your feet because you can fall so easily and there's snakes oh of course <laughs> there is it's yeah I've, and i've been lucky i've only ever seen two oh really? but they've only been you like should come two. running with us a bit more <laughs> <laughs> i always leave simon goes ahead because then and he always stops and goes oh stop i think every run for the last sort of i don't since the beginning of the year oh, he's, like, he's seen a snake and i just see the end of it or something because he's he's very alert to them and yeah of course i don't yeah. know see them but uh, when I do see them it's like sort of heart rate goes off oh it sure does and it is scary oh definitely but I've only ever seen like just two little ones I've been I have been lucky I haven't seen any any big ones so and I've been running quite fast and so you just sort of jump over them and off I keep going yeah. I thought oh, they're only tiny but um you do you do have to really concentrate a lot more on the trails you can never have a relaxed run and just let your mind wander too far because you will end up falling. You might have a trip. Mm. Oh, definitely. Over so nothing. That's, that's it. A bit of fresh air and you're down. Right. <laughs> I've done that before. I was running up at the gorge and I fell over, but I don't even know what I chipped over. I honestly, yeah. fresh air yeah. and broke my arm. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I've had a couple of bad crashes in the last two years. And they're all from running, not cycling, which is no, which no, is the, the uh, our cousin sport that tends to end up getting a few more of those kind of impact injuries. It does. It definitely does. Yeah. So um, no, I just love trail running. It's really nice. It's nice change of scene. But I still, when I'm by myself, I still have the music in. Mm-hmm. It's just nice to just listen to your favourite song and sing along and just yeah, go for a nice run. It's lovely. So, what's your favourite distance now? Oh, well, I love long distance. So I've become more of an endurance runner than a speed yeah. runner. I'm not fast, but I can go far is what I tell yeah. people. Mm-hmm. And so I love 
Yeah, I love a marathon. Yeah. Yeah, so which is 42 kilometres. Love yeah. it. Yeah. 42.195. <laughs> that's right. <Actually>. Yes, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, so specific. I do love I do love the long distance. It's just yeah, more enjoyable for me. But then the short distance, on the other hand, is I do like to practice getting a bit of speed. Mm-hmm. I tend to use little short runs as a speed run just for practice. Just yeah. to um yeah, just every now and again you've got to push yourself, otherwise you end up just plodding along and you're doing a plateau. That's it, you do. So I thought, no, I'd like to use the smaller runs just to see how fast I can go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great. and I kind of use that as just say like a speed training. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Did, was that in your training in the for the 101? Did you have uh, like an interval session regularly? It in was that? interval sessions and there was also a lot of hill sessions. Okay. So, yeah, there was. But it was only like 30 minutes of intervals. Yeah. So it was sort of really short. And Perfect. only perhaps once a week. So it they was hurt, good. so that's good. Oh, they still do, don't they? But I did enjoy, like, training for a run like that. I enjoyed the variety of the training. So there was, like, a little bit of cross-training, and then one day you wouldn't run for two days. Yeah. Okay. But you would maybe go to the gym and just ride the exercise bike or go for a ride on your own bike. Yeah. Um, but, but don't do any running. And then mm. there'll be other days just go for, like, a short 30-minute run. But it had okay. to be a fast run. Yeah. So it had to be a little bit of intensity involved. And then there was the interval training. And then there was just some hill training. And then as you got to about or oh, into the, about the fourth month, then it was you started doing the distance. Yeah, the long So you had to make sure you had that basic fitness behind you yeah. first. You had to go further. And so you had to run. The training plan I did was never about distance. It was about time. Yeah. So you would have to run to, say, Today I have to run for two hours. Yeah. It was just however far you got in that two hours. And then you gradually built that up until mm. eventually it was like running for I think it was nine hours. Yeah, nine hours mm. was time on your feet. One day was the longest training, nine that's, hours. That's a long time. That's when I went up to Greens Beach and just hiked. Did the 60. Yeah. And just did 30 and then turn around and yeah. did 30 back. Yeah. yeah. In that yeah, magic but it's, I love it there. That mm. is my favourite trail is Greens Beach all the way to Baker's Beach. Yeah, yeah it's I gorgeous. Love it. it is lovely there. Well, I've <laughs> seen you training there. It looks awesome. Yeah. That's what we did. Um, the 60K we did a couple of weeks ago on Good Friday was from, we ran from Port Sorrel to Greens Beach. You, oh, <laughs> on the road yeah. and then on the, then the trail. Yes, and yeah. Mix it up a bit. So that was a bit of fun. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, and that would have been a good challenge for you too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, I was nowhere near as fit as you, so it was a challenge. But it was um, it was amazing. Yeah, it was and just that spot, as you said, that being out on the trails is um, it's great for your for your mind as well. I think it's oh, just sure. that being in nature, I th- it kind of feels right. Like it's really hard to describe. I know people talk about endorphins and and all of the other things, the dopamine levels in our brain and things that happen when we're running. Um, they've had studies now that when we do it in nature um, they're even more enhanced because and I think I can only describe it as it feels right like it feels more right <laughs> to be running in nature than it does to be running on bitumen or on footpath just feels better like you're moving through oh through and I think your better. mood changes too doesn't it you enjoy it more it makes you happy yeah but definitely I yeah I agree with that that's a so, great how long, how far do you think that you'll run? Like, do you, are you thinking that there's a a distance out there that you want to aim for now that you've done 101? 
is there? I really don't know if I have it in me to go any further than 101. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, I yeah. don't I don't know. I don't I would love to go back to do 101 again next year to improve my time because I did slow down with the injuries. But um I would just love to try it again just to see if I can better myself this time. Yeah. Um I don't know what there's not that many races here in Tasmania that have further runs than that. So here's the thing, you don't need a race to do it. Well, true. That's <laughs> absolutely true. Look, I, I didn't even look at it like that. Isn't <laughs> it funny? Like we, well, that's what we do. When, like, especially as newish runners, we're often like it's a goal is to go to the the Bernie Ten, the Launceston Ten, the Melbourne Marathon. The, you know, we that's we, right. um, we use those as our goals. But and as we get older, like me, it's like, well, you know, you can actually just go out and do it. I mean, you still well, have you to can. approach it in a similar <laughs> way and get support and things like that. But you do. You're right. You yeah, test yeah. I, I I haven't thought that far hmm. yet. I really don't know. You're still that, in but the glow. I have I have signed up to do um a run on May the second, the Greens Beach Ultra. Ah yes. Uh, but it's, that's the fifty-two kilometers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but so I'm looking forward to that. So I've got that now. Well, that'll yeah. obviously be in not two far weeks. away. <laughs> I think yeah, but I'm looking forward to that one. I you do really it. enjoy you know the that. Long- and you know that oh, course I really very well. Do so. I know that course like the back of my hand. Exactly. So it will be wonderful. Yeah, it'll be really. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. So one of the questions I'm asking everyone is, how long do you think that you will run for personally? And I think you answered it earlier, but how long do you well, think? Well, I will run as long as my body will let me. Mm-hmm. I would love to run for the next 20 years. I'm 52 already. Now, when I went to New York Marathon, You're I the met another runner me. there. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> I met a lady in New York who ran the New York Marathon and she was 73. Awesome. And I just thought, wow, if I could be still running marathons at that age, I'd be so happy. Yeah. And so I I just, I want to run until I just can't run anymore. I was talking to Anne the other day and she said she, I asked her the same question and she said that uh, in a park run, she was running with someone who was like 92 at one point. Oh. And she said, you know, when I asked her that question as well, and she said, well, I want to be able to, you know, to be able to do that. She said, she was a bit worried though that the 92 had beaten her in the park run. Um, <laughs> but then it turned out actually she hadn't. She just started. <laughs> but Isn't she still still run quite fast for a 92-year-old. Well, wow, that's that's incredible, isn't it? So that I don't, is- it, it's all possible. As long as we look oh, of course it is, isn't it? I people say, like even my children say, you know, how long do you think you'll keep running for, Mum? And I, I just say I have no intentions of giving up. So I said I don't know. I don't know. It could be next year something could happen and my running days are over, or yeah. I could be still going in twenty. Yeah, so actually, I, that's that's something that you probably, I don't know, or maybe <laughs> we talked about identity. A couple of people I've talked to, we've talked about identity. And when we tie our identity, which I have done over the years, um, to running, like I'm a runner, when you do that and then you have a bad accident or something happens and for some reason you can't run for a while, it really affects your mental health. Like because you, you know, if I'm not a runner and I'm not, so therefore I have to run. If I'm not running, who am I or, or what am I? So there, we, we sort of discuss around um yes, we're all runners, but perhaps we should tie our identity to, you know, I'm a happy person or I'm a, yeah, you know, so, to so right. some of these other things that, that can't be taken away from us so easily, which is what you alluded to before. If we, if oh, so. that's that's so true, Michelle. I, can, I couldn't agree with you more there. It's more, 
you are right when you can't run and you are a runner it's the worst thing ever and you think what 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 am I going to do who am I this is what I do this is what I love and when you can't do it it makes you so sad yeah you think oh gee and I I have been lucky there have been periods where I couldn't run but it's only because I've had an injury yeah but you think gee what am I going to do with myself now and and what what am I and who am I (laughs) running is who I am and when you can't do it you think gee who who am I now yeah so yeah. probably thinking of it ahead of time, hoping that that'll never happen, though, that you'll never oh, get to sure. say But yeah, thinking of it ahead sure. of time is a good way to protect our, you know, our mental health. Because they do talk a lot about, um, you know, sportsmen, you know, athletes who are paid to be sports people and then yes. they can only do it, they, their bodies give out in their sort of mid-30s or whatever. And then a lot of them have these, um, I can't say it, existential, a crisis, like who am I yes. kind of things. And... <laughs> one of those words um yeah so I want but I think it also affects us so I think it's something that we should all consider you know and and make sure that although we are runners and we love it and we don't ever want to give it up and plan not to no if something happened you know to to already have some stuff going on in our head that says actually if if I can't run it'll be sad but I'll be okay you know because I of can of course you know that's right yeah of course, yeah, I, I agree. I would never yeah, fall apart too much, mm. I don't think, if I couldn't run anymore. You have to accept it is what it is. Mm. And if in it, and I'm like that. And if, if I couldn't run anymore, well, then I would find something else to do. Eventually, yeah. Yeah, eventually yeah. for sure. But I would still like to be involved in some way or another. Yes, like, that's a good point. Yeah. There is ways you can be involved without actually. Oh, of course, like volunteering a park run, for example. Totally. or or our one system running club, you know, volunteering yeah. there and things like that. I still would like to be a part of the community, even if I couldn't be a runner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, that's that's what I'd like to do. That's yeah. a great point. I think I agree that I would also do That's that. good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so one of the questions that I, this is another question I ask everyone, yeah, um, which is if you were uh, coming back from running, to running and haven't run for a really long time or have just never run and you want to give it a go so you're a complete beginner what kind of tips would you give a complete beginner to get started so that they'll keep going rather than it being you know they run every day for a week and that's it they put their running shoes away because yeah of course too too much too quick (laughs) yeah no I'd love to say to them never put too much pressure on yourself Mm -hmm. and it's not going to come straight away Mm -hmm. you have to like everything it'll take practice so just build up and but give yourself a little challenge and build up your kilometers, build up your fitness and and don't give up because you know it will happen. You will get there eventually, you just have to keep persevering. Mm. And and just start small, just build yourself little goals to start with. Yeah. And and join a club and make some friends and yeah, have have the same type of like-minded people around you, and they are often all the motivation you need. That's true. Yeah, it's just turning up to because they're expecting you to be there as well. That once course, you develop yeah, those, yeah, yeah. But I always say, even like I did myself, never put pressure on yourself. But then don't ever doubt that you can't do it. Mm. Tell yourself, I can do this. Yeah, and get out there and try and do your five k run. But mm. don't put pressure or too much pressure on yourself because it will. If you don't make it that day, and you put too much pressure on you, you won't want to try again. Yeah. yeah so just you go well, not that's my philosophy 
Yeah, I love that. That's great. All right. So is there anything else about this wonderful sport of running that is become a big part of our lives, yours and mine, Leanne? Um, is there oh. anything else you would like to share about running before we wrap it up? Oh, I'd love to say if you're thinking about wanting to get into running, definitely get out there and give it a try. Just yeah, go find a park run or just grab a friend and go for a little jog around the park or the beach. Just, yeah, give it a try because you'll absolutely love it. I guarantee you will love it. Yeah, it's just <laughs> the best. And it's just coming home from a run and thinking, gee, I'm proud I've done all that today. You know, it's just, yeah, it's just so good. And you don't need all the big expensive gear to start off with, all the hundreds of dollars of shoes and all the running gear all you need is a good pair of runners and some shorts and a t-shirt and off you go off you go yeah, yeah you don't you don't need all the fancy stuff to start out with absolutely good point yeah. i'll jump out there and yeah give it a go yeah. but I, I will say that if you are a gear junkie down the track there's oh, plenty of things you can sure. get <laughs> well goodness me there is i started out just with yeah like a nice pair of runners but now it's i'd rather like i look shoes instead of high heel shoes you know it's <laughs> people I'm like oh look what I got today and it's like a beautiful pair of runners rather than you know other women that aren't runners that go crazy over their new $300 high heel shoes whereas me That's I'm like true. oh no give me the running shoes and yeah. there is so much running gear out there and it is fun when you start building up a little collection and you've got your favorite <laughs> ops and your favorite running shoes and but I encourage everyone to give it a try. Yeah. Just, yeah. just get going. I think um, yeah. Amy said recently when I interviewed her, Amy Lampret said, um, yes. she said, who's who said that you had to run all of the time as well? Like as in if you go out for a run, you don't have to. So if you're going out for a 5K, you don't have to run the whole 5K. You can no. run a K, walk 500 metres, run, you know, whatever. You could do well, any combination. Can. And she said, and you know, we all know she's a bit of a legend of a oh, runner and she walks plenty she says <laughs> yeah isn't that amazing yeah you have permission there's no rules that say you can't walk in a run that's what of course there's not that's like, right and you, what a you great just quote. do what you can do do what you exactly. can do at the time, isn't it? Yep. yeah if you feel like going for a walk definitely go for a walk yeah, I love yeah. That. yeah. all right well i'll say um a massive thank you leanne for being here really appreciate you joining Pleasure. us thank you so much for it's been fantastic I'll, um, I'll stop the recording and then I'll say goodbye to you off the recording as well. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. For a bunch of resources to help you get and stay fit, head over to the website, fitmindfitbody.co, and I'll see you there. I'll also be back here once a week. Bye.